I have always wished that my Spanish was better. Living in Southern California and going to Mexico a lot for surfing, weekend trips, stuff like that, it's just very handy. I took three years of it in high school, but I really didn't learn that much from the books. I basically only got really good at asking various types of people where the library is located, which turns out to be not a phrase you use that often when you're on vacation. Rosetta Stone is a much more organic and easy way to learn a new language because it really immerses you in that language. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop, and also it has an app. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Like I said, it's fast language acquisition because it really immerses you in the language. There's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They also have speech recognition features like True Accent, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also an amazing value. They offer a lifetime membership, which includes all 25 languages, which is perfect for any and all trips you might have in your future with various languages you might want to learn. Don't put off learning that new language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, other world listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com otherworld today. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. Today's episode is the first part of a two-part series. And these episodes revolve around one of America's most prominent paranormal beliefs, Bigfoot. But I think you'll find that these stories are not like your typical Bigfoot encounter. In fact, our storyteller had no idea what happened to him until he got home and started researching. Usually, when we talk about Bigfoot or the Yeti or Sasquatch, the belief is that it's an elusive primate hiding in the woods. And honestly, I've always said that this belief is hardly even paranormal. I mean, we discover new species all the time and are constantly learning more about our world. In fact, before the gorilla was officially discovered in 1847, most people didn't believe it was real. We have accounts of gorillas dating back to 470 BC. For over 2000 years, most of the world thought that the gorilla was just folklore. In 1847, so that means we had electricity before people believed that gorillas were real. That's worth keeping in mind as you consider some of the topics we discuss in this podcast. But anyway, with this story and some others like it, things seem to point towards Bigfoot maybe not being something of this world at all. And of course, perhaps this actually has nothing to do with Bigfoot. Either way, something very strange happened to this guy in the woods. This is a long story, so I'm keeping it brief, but I'll just say that this is truly one of the strangest things I've heard. And I wanna mention that I recently began having each guest sign a document that says that they're telling the truth and not being deceptive in any way. I would never put out an episode from a person that I didn't believe, and I go to good lengths to vet these stories. But I thought it'd be worth mentioning that before starting the story because I even had a hard time wrapping my head around this one. This is episode 33, The Uaris Part 1, and you're listening to Otherworld. 
My name's Alex. Yeah, so I was born in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, I lived in the South most of my life. I went to a private school for the majority of my elementary, middle school, and high school career. Um, around like age 17, my dad got a job at UNC. So we moved up to Chapel Hill. After graduating high school, I moved to Seattle and went to school there for a couple years. Did not graduate. Um, it's around like 2019 that I moved back to North Carolina. And uh, around that time, I started working in food service because that was really the only thing that was available for me. And around that time, I started bartending. Um, and then COVID happened. So that is basically it for the majority of uh, that period of my life. After leaving college, moving back to North Carolina, I lived a mostly uninteresting existence for a long period of time. Food service sucks, by the way. I don't know if you've ever worked in a, like a, <laughs> uh, whatever it is. Like bartending is like the highest you can go with that, which luckily I was able to achieve in a short period of time because I'm competent, I'd like to think. Um, and I was kind of attracted to that line of work because it was not necessarily like an old timey style job, but like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I'm trying to attach, like, actual meaning to why I chose bartending rather than, like, I just kind of fucking fell into it. There's no real other explanation rather than that. But it, it's kind of like a cowboy job, almost, you know? Yeah, so through bartending, I met Julian. We became quick friends. Uh, we were both interested in the same kinds of things, just, like, art and writing and creative work and other shit like that. Yeah, we started living together for a couple years. Um, and around uh, <clears throat> when COVID happened, I effectively lost my job immediately. And um, he and I were sharing the same house together for, I mean, we still live together, but the entirety of quarantine was fucking rough. Cause it's like, I don't know how, like how much you enjoy being around a person or how, much, how good of friends you are. But if you have to share the same space with somebody for six months, it's fucking rough. Uh, but it was around this time where, <laughs> like, I couldn't fucking take it anymore, <laughs> like, staying inside, that I decided, like, okay, I just need to go camping. And I don't know how exactly I arrived at that. Like, I'm, I'm not an avid camper. I don't really spend a whole lot of time outside like I used to when I was a kid. And it might have had something to do with that, like, this return to some kind of experience that I had when I was a kid for, like, some sort of comfort reason I don't really know but I wanted to add like a little bit of maybe not danger to it but just some something like I didn't I didn't want it to be like a regular camping trip so I decided I'm gonna go out into like a wilderness area with like no food no shelter and I'm just gonna <laughs> fucking see how long I can survive out there which is in hindsight very stupid uh don't do that <laughs> but again at the time this was a uh, desperation so 
I decided on Uwari National Forest, uh, mostly because it's the closest wilderness area to me. So I live in Durham. Uwari is about two hours west of me, or southwest. And um, from doing the, the middling amount of research that I did, I found out that they, uh, they train special forces out there. So, of course, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to go. Because <laughs> um, obviously, I'm not of that level. But at the time, I was like, all right, this seems like a good enough um, metric for me for whatever reason. I don't know. I was attracted to something that was outside of the realm of this fucking mon- mundane hellscape that I was existing in. I planned for about about a day, like I gathered my supplies. I, again, I have done no research other than like skimming the Wikipedia page. I, I find out like Uwari Mountains are some of the oldest mountains in North America. Indigenous people have lived in that area for tens of thousands of years. It's like, this is pretty sick. Uh, they're like burial mounds all over the place. Also very cool. And um, it was on the morning of August the 17th, 2020, that I just get my shit and I start driving. It takes me about two hours. I arrive to a campsite or a campground, rather, that I just saw off the side of the road. You know, again, like I, uh, my plan was to just park off the side of the road and like just walk into the woods and set up my tent there or my shelter and um, just go from there. But I found a campground that was completely isolated, completely, uh, like, no one was there, too. Like, I drove around the entire perimeter. Like, there was not a single person there, not a, not a single car. And uh, I enter, I, I get in, no one's there. And as soon as I step out of my car and get my, get my stuff, I notice it's like, it's, it's like, I'm trying to think of the words to describe this. It's, it's beyond deathly quiet. Like the quiet is so quiet that it's making my ears ring. That was the that was the first thing that I noticed. It's like, okay, what, what, like, what is this place? Like, this is so strange. And again, thinking back at the time, it's like, why did I, why did I continue? Why didn't I, why did I not just go back home? And I, I, I remember there was this persistence in my mind. Like, I have to complete this task. Like, I've just been sitting on my ass for six months. Like, just please do something. Like, like, please, um, like, complete something. Like, even if it's just this camping trip, like, you, you got to do this. I remember thinking that. And so I, I get my stuff. I, it's just a backpack. Um, and I started, like, hiking down the trail. And I decide, like, I'm just going to, like, go down the main trail and, and then, like, go off to the side for, you know, 20 minutes or 10 minutes and, and just, like, set up my shit there. And um, as I'm walking down the trail, it's like this quiet has not abated at all you know it's 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 persisted this entire time like not uh, like there's no wind there are no birds there are no insects it's just it's deafening the only sound that i can remember are like my own footsteps okay as i continue down the trail like this sort of this sort of weird feeling starts to come over me like i remember thinking like am i being watched by something you know like that i don't think that's a very uncommon sensation to have like I've definitely experienced that before like uh, I think it's called like scopesthesia like the feeling of being stared at Um, so I'm thinking like all right, this is maybe I'm feeling this because I'm just not used to being out in the woods for this you know these types of woods too because the Uwaris are like they they were clear cut at one point like 
a long time ago, but it's not necessarily new growth forest, but it's fucking, it, again, it's, it's hard to describe. It's like very spindly, creepy, uh, like brush and like pine trees and, and other types of things, like a lot of, uh, a lot of holly trees as well. Uh, and a lot of like big boulders and like quartz deposits too, which is interesting. Um, the Uwaris were also a, the site of like the first American gold rush in the 1700s as well, which is pretty cool. So there are a lot of like abandoned mines, abandoned caves. Uh, so anyway, there's just this persistent quiet and the sensation of being stared at from somebody. And, I, and it's like, I kind of rationalized it at the time of, uh, at the time as just this kind of uh, natural paranoia that one might get from just being out in the woods by themselves. Um, again, because I hadn't been out there in, in a long time, like I hadn't been camping since I was probably 13. And again, I just have this uh, compelling drive to just complete this one thing that you said that you're going to do. Like you said, you're going to go camping. Don't, don't not do it, please. Like, um, and I, I, eventually I reached this clearing. It's across the stream, across this bridge. And I, I figured like, all right, this is a good enough spot for any, you know, I'm not going to waste my time looking for like the perfect spot to set up my stuff and <clears throat> like waste the daylight. So I, I end up constructing this A-frame shelter, which is just like a tarp over a string strung between two trees that's very primitive, like very basic. Um, you can imagine it as just like a, a triangular prism shape that's as long as I am. Like the tarp was six feet long. So there's no room for me to like move around and it's literally just like a big sleeping bag, basically, if that makes sense. Um, but it's like up in the air a little bit. <clears throat> so I finished that. It's around this time that the sensation of being stared at becomes more powerful. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, there's this, there's this eerie quiet. I am, I'm very aware of something staring at me, okay? Like, it, it's, it's to a point where I'm getting freaked out a little bit because it's so acute, you know? Like, I, again, like, I don't know how to quite describe it with words necessarily, but it's, it's beyond the standard, like, someone looking at you. It's like, it's almost as if I knew someone was staring at me. Like the intuition part of my brain was on fire, basically. So I don't know if that translates or makes sense to anybody, but there's definitely something going on is what I'm trying to say. So at this point, it's hard to tell how time is passing, which I know is, that might be frustrating for some people. But again, it's like, that's, this is how I experienced it, truly. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it, but like time began to move in a way where I'm like, what? Like, what time is it? I got here at like two o'clock and it feels like, you know, I, I, I left my phone off in my bag. So I didn't, I didn't look at it ever at, on this trip. So as I'm lying there, I noticed that there's this bizarre electric shock sensation going up and down my spine. It's truly strange because I've, I've never really felt anything like that. It wasn't static electricity. It was more of just like a steady pulsing. I guess, I, I don't know how to, again, this, this is the trouble with describing these types of experiences is that like language doesn't really have the words to fully interpret what's going on here. But uh, the closest thing I can get to is that there was some kind of electric current going through my body and that's about it. Uh, I'm lying in my tent and 
I start to have like these weird impressions enter my stream of consciousness, okay? Now, when I say that, I don't mean like I was hearing voices or I was like having like a daydream or anything. This was, again, like words and language, it's almost impossible to describe this, okay? So yeah, so like language can't really describe exactly what the fuck this was, okay? But the, the closest I can get to is that there was another consciousness. It wasn't a voice. It wasn't, it wasn't a daydream. It was kind of somewhere in between that, where information from somewhere else was entering my stream of consciousness. That's the closest I can get to in, like, prosaic terms, okay? Um, and the, the, the information in the message was very clear, too. That's the weird thing, okay? Like, this was... This felt like, and it very well could have been my own subconscious, but it felt like it wasn't, okay? So that's... I find that very interesting. What it was saying was a lot of like, you're gonna be okay, like we know who you are. That was a big one. Like this sense of familiarity kind of freaked me the fuck out, honestly, at the time. And also this, um, and again, these were like impressions, but the message was very acute and clear at the same time, which I know is kind of contradictory and confusing, but there was also this sense of like, this has happened to you before, okay? Like that's, that was another thing that came through very clear for me. And it's like, at this point, like I'm lying in my tent, experiencing this sort of telepathic metempsychosis, whatever you want to call it, like experience that felt very, you know, psychedelic and fucking weird. And I'm just like lying in my tent, like in a, um, on my belly, kind of frozen like what the fuck is going on like I, I have no reference point for this type of experience yet so so I'm at this point where I'm having these waves of impressions coming over me I'm lying in my tent I'm staring off into the trees like again the silence is still persistent okay again no animals no birds no insects there's a stream nearby which I can vaguely hear that's really the only like ambient noise at this point and I see this light behind a tree or at least like on the perimeter of this tree about like uh, 50 feet away probably okay so it's within distance that I can make out small details and it's this very it's like small I would say it's about the size of a quarter this whitish blue like blinking light it looks metallic almost okay and it, it flashes on for a second, and then it sort of like hovers around and like fucking, I don't even know what to call the movement it does, but like this figure eight motion, and then it blinks off. So this is within like a second. And then it does the same thing on the other side of the tree. Like it blinks on, does this weird like wavy motion, and then blinks off. And at this point, I'm like, okay, what the fuck is happening to me? Okay, so again, like I'm completely lucid, completely aware of what's going on, and I'm starting to think, like, am I having some kind of mental episode? Like, this would be the first time for me, you know? I think that's important to say. Uh, I don't have any history of mental illness, nor does my family. But I, I, at the time, I'm like, what other fucking explanation is there for this? Other than some kind of weird, like, brain thing? I don't know. Um, like, literally, I do not have 
any fucking clue what the fuck is going on. Again, like I'd never, I'd never, never like researched this shit before. Um, so I had no reference point. I think some time passes, probably about like 10 minutes. And I'm just like in shock, basically. Like I'm still thinking like, what the fuck was that light? I really think that it was something non, like it was not an animal. It was not a bug. It was something else. And again, like I don't have any other way of explaining why I think that other than that's just what I thought at the time. So this was around, I'm guessing, four o'clock in the afternoon. So it's broad daylight, like full, full on, you know, visibility, full visibility. Yeah. Okay. So this entire experience takes place effectively on my belly in a tarp in the middle of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> so it's at this point after I've seen the light this weird little wobbly orb-looking thing behind this tree, 50 feet away from me, um, I hear this noise. And it is the weirdest thing that I've ever heard or probably ever will hear in my entire life. It's incredibly loud, incredibly piercing. Like, I felt like it reverberated through my entire body. And it sounded like a fucking monkey, okay? Like a, Like, my first thought literally was is there a gibbon out here with me? Or like an escaped, yeah, like an escaped primate from, from the zoo, like uh, however many miles away from here that I passed by on the way here. Um, that was my first thought. Like, there's a, there's a monkey out here with me. And it sounded like when you walk into the zoo for the first time and you, you hear like the, the howler monkeys and the gibbons going crazy, like this whoop, like a, a whoop, like a, that's the only way I can describe it. So, again, like, when I got back, I found out that other people have heard this thing before, and they've actually recorded it. So, um, there's this one famous recording that was created in the 70s in California by this guy named Ron Moorhead called the Sierra Sounds. And if you listen to that, that is exactly what it sounded like, like, 100% accurate. When I say that to people, oftentimes like they'll be like, "Well, couldn't it have been just a recording someone was playing?" It's like, no. There's like this is the this is the problem with like objective experience, and the reason why I'm so insistent on like telling people about this is because like I, as the person who experienced it, there's no real way for me to explain how how loud and how strange this sounded in person, but I am insistent that whatever made this noise was not human. I am, I am like, and the, you know, obviously it could have been, like there's a small chance that it could have been, but um, so I hear this noise. I'm completely, completely paralyzed with fear. Just, I, again, like well, another thing that I can't describe with words is this paralysis 
this complete, complete horror that overtook me. That I, like my entire nervous system just shut down. You know, there's something called like, uh, I forget the technical term, but like whenever you, you experience something so shocking, like your nervous system sometimes just shut down or shuts down. Um, and I think that's what happened to me. Like I couldn't move. I was still thinking, like still completely lucid, but I, I like I couldn't move a muscle. I just completely frozen. The the even weirder thing that happened besides the noise was that half a second after I hear it, it starts to pour rain, like torrentially. And I I don't know if there's any connection there, but I do find it uh, important to mention because I that is just a very very weird coincidence. I don't know what to make of it, but that, that was just the sequence of events that happened. Um, so I'm paralyzed with fear, completely unable to move, just thinking to myself, what the fuck is happening? Like, again, like this is all, you gotta remember, like this is all happening within the span of a couple hours, like this, this intro to whatever the fuck is gonna happen next. Okay, we have to take a quick break. But we will be right back. Folks, springtime is here and it might be time to clean out the closet and finally update your wardrobe. Quince has you covered with timeless pieces that never got a style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the essentials for men and women and everything is made from high quality materials, which is very important to me. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes savings on to us. And like I mentioned, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. I recently went on a little shopping spree myself. I got a chore jacket, a Mongolian cashmere cardigan, and a quilted jacket. Basically stuff that I could just throw on top of the normal old t-shirts that I wear every day to make myself look a lot more presentable and fashionable when I need to. I also got some new sheets for our bed. They have so many to choose from. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash otherworld for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash otherworld to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash otherworld. Hey, Otherworld listeners. I'm excited to tell you about a show that I love and I think you're going to love as well. It's called Sophia with an F, starring Sophia Franklin. This show is about as different from Otherworld as a show could possibly be, which is why I think many people were very, very shocked when I got invited on as a guest around Halloween. It was really the crossover that nobody expected. I'll never forget the day my episode came out and every single one of my college-age cousins texted me all at the same time. Very confused, but also very excited. It was nice to hear from all of them, though, and... uh finally get some respect. I had a great time on the show. Sophia is really down to earth, which is why I think her interviews are so good. We talked about Otherworld, the paranormal, getting into this whole thing unexpectedly, as I did, and a lot of other stuff that I think normally does not get discussed on Sophia with an F. Normally in the show, Sophia Franklin goes deep on sex, life, mental health, relationships, and everything in between. You could get Sophia all to yourself every Monday for solo mini episodes and every Thursday with her ride or die best friends, experts, and some famous guests 
on a host of other topics, topics that are not safe for the dinner table, from foursomes and sugar daddies to wild sexcapades and tips for keeping things fresh in the bedroom. It's raw and laugh-out-loud funny, no borders and no filters. My personal favorite is the episode with Waka Flocka Flame, if you want somewhere to start. Listen to and follow Sophia with an F on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Springtime is here. I've recently had all of my windows open, letting in the breeze, the smell of fresh flowers blooming all over my neighborhood. This is what a house should smell like. It should not smell like your cat's litter box. Thankfully, Pretty Litter makes that very easy. Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, lightweight, low-dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. It also gives me peace of mind knowing Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like urinary tract infections, kidney issues, and more. This is especially useful now that my cat is hanging out constantly by our screen door, getting visitations from coyotes, raccoons, squirrels, other cats, who knows what else. So it's very helpful knowing that if he picks up anything weird from them, I'll notice right away in his litter. When I first got my cat Merlin, I tried using the cheap cat litter that comes in those huge, giant bags from the pet store. That stuff is awful. Some of it smells worse than the smells it's supposed to be covering up. It does not have to be like that. There's a better way to live. There's no reason for your house to smell like your cat's litter box. If your house smells like a cat's litter box, that's on you. That's not on your cat. Pretty Litter is amazing. You should give it a try. Go to prettylitter.com slash otherworld to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash otherworld to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like you just need to get something off your chest? Contrary to the belief of, I think, every single man in my family lineage dating back to the hunter-gatherer period, bottling things up does not work. When you push those things down, it begins to build up and negatively affects you. And of course, the stuff you bottle up always finds a way to come out eventually, usually not in a very good way. Therapy is a place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. There's a reason people say it's like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders afterwards. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com otherworld today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash otherworld. As it's raining, there's some time that passes and I'm just left to stew with my thoughts of like, am I, am I going crazy? Am I, am I hearing things? Am I like, again, I'm just asking myself, like, what is, what is going on? What is happening to me? I'm trying to think like probably, probably 20 minutes after I hear the whooping, um, I start hearing footsteps and it's funny thinking back that there was almost a sense of relief that came with that, which I know sounds weird, but again, like my rational brain was trying to convince myself that, oh, it's just a park ranger coming to tell you to leave. And like, for some reason, I thought that that would be my way out. 
or something. Like I don't I don't know. Like that was just that was my first thought of like, oh, it's a it's a human that's like walking towards me and telling me to leave. Even though, again, like there was nobody in the parking lot, nobody nobody around me, uh, as far as I could tell. Like there definitely could have been potentially, but I don't think there was. This was a uh, Thursday in the middle of quarantine when technically that campground was supposed to be closed and technically I guess I was trespassing, but I don't, I don't really know. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, so these footsteps start to approach me from like the right side. And again, I am in the middle of nowhere, off the trail, in the fucking backwoods of North Carolina, <laughs> like in a place that I've never heard of until yesterday and as these footsteps are approaching I start to think like wait a minute these whatever is making that sound sounds really big okay like these were not and this is kind of where I had this realization that what was happening to me was I don't even know man like I sort of had this click happened where I sort of just accepted it as either I'm about to die, I'm about to get ripped apart by some kind of giant primate. And it, like the, the also the other weird thing is that I didn't even think about Bigfoot. You know, obviously everybody knows what Bigfoot is. It's like part of our culture, you know. But that wasn't a thought that entered my mind until way after. So as these footsteps are approaching me, I have this realization that whatever is making them are probably larger than a human. And it, again, like I can't, I can't really mime this out for you, but uh, whatever was making those footsteps also appeared to be trying to sneak up on me too. Like uh, the the cadence and the rhythm of the 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 psh, psh, psh was like slower than normal. It, it gave the impression that. Again, like there was some kind of, uh, you know, stealthy maneuver going on. So it was only it was only one thing making the noise. There later on there were multiple things making footsteps, but initially there was only one figure. But I'm pretty certain it was bipedal. Okay, like I again, like I've spent a lot of times in time in the woods as a child. I know what deer sound like. I know what boar sound like. I know what raccoons and other fauna like sound like but this one initially again like I said I I perceived as human and I was hoping at the time like this would be like a park ranger coming to kick me out so I could finally just like have a reason to leave or like something to kick me out of this panic or paralysis that I was in um, and eventually these footsteps stop and they stop about again 50 feet away I find that interesting because that was kind of the perimeter of like the light initially as well. Again, again, these are all speculative measurements. Like obviously, I didn't see what was making this noise, but um, whatever whatever was interacting with me seemed to have some kind of perimeter, some kind of barrier. Or again, I don't know, but I think I I think you know what I mean. But anyway, so these footsteps stop. I'm still having these this panic attack essentially like uh, but i um i was in like a hyper acute state of fight or flight i guess is the clearest way i can say it but i couldn't move too so it's not like i was ready to fight this thing i was 
I was fucked, essentially. Um, and this is, this kind of ties in with this, this whole. There's this. There was this really weird period where I am, kind of acknowledging that I am going to die, and that I fucked up. And, uh, yeah, that was not fun. Um, and I'm not. I'm not like having a severe emotional reaction necessarily. I'm, I'm more of, yeah. I'm. I'm accepting it, which I know. Seems like a weird thing to do at the time, but I like I didn't have any options. Like I didn't I didn't have anything to protect myself necessarily. Like I had my my knife with me, but that's not going to do anything. But um, yeah, the, the point is is that I'm having this weird, and I I hesitate to use to use the word um, spiritual or metaphysical, but that's kind of what it felt like. You know, uh, this weird internal acceptance of my own death. And it's around this time where the footsteps stop. It's still pouring rain. I'm still lying on my belly in my tent in the middle of nowhere. A lot of time passes, maybe like an hour or two. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, like, Jesus fucking Christ, like it's finally over. Like, thank God I have not heard that creature again. And it's, okay, so here's another weird thing. Like, as soon as I think that, as soon as I have the thought of, thank God I never heard that creature again, I hear the whooping, like, instantly. Half a second later. The whoop, like, and it is, it, it's, it's closer. It's up on the hill, like, next to me. Probably, um, probably, like, 300 feet away. And, you know, like, again, there's this, there's all this um, telepathic phenomena, or whatever you want to call it, happening. And, you know, I have to think that, whatever made that noise could could tell what I was thinking, maybe? I don't know. I, again, like, I, I just have to... There's definitely a pattern there, okay? Um, obviously, there's no proof or whatever. It's, it's not really helpful to speculate, but that seems to be what happened for me, for my own experience. So, again, like, as soon as I hear that noise again, it's like, oh, I, I freeze up, can't move. I'm back to where I was at two hours ago, just completely fucking terrified. Um, a little... Like, again, like I had this like this brief uh, moment of acceptance of just like I'm I'm just fucked. You know, this is just what happens when a predator comes across something that's like part of the food chain for them. I guess like you know I don't think a you know a deer can't do or a gazelle can't do anything about a lion eating it. It's just it kind of just has to accept it, I guess. But that's kind of where I was at. Um, whatever was making this noise was so much bigger than me and, uh, you know, could fucking read my mind, apparently. So I, you know, I hear this whoop again. The footsteps start again, and they start in a different place, too. So they start on, like, the other side of me. And again, it's like the, there's this circling that's happening, and it's like this slow slow pace of something by something I think is bipedal. You know, I don't know, but that was what I thought of at the time. But something big and bipedal is slowly walking around me in a perimeter. And I'm just, again, like there, there's not a whole lot of, th <sighs> there's not a whole lot I can do about it. I'm just st stuck in my shelter, left with my own thoughts with this giant predator or at, at the time I thought it was a predator, um, circling me. At some point, the footsteps stop. 
again, a couple hours pass. Um, it's starting to get dark out. Eventually, it gets to. Uh, eventually, the rain stops as well. It sort of turns into like a light drizzle. And when it gets dark out there, the the canopy during the summertime is so thick it gets fucking dark. Like I could not see the hand in front of my face, like that level of dark. And it's at this point, like again, there's this whole weird sequence of events that seem to coincide with like. The, my surroundings, where as soon as it got to that level of darkness, I started to have those impressions come over me again. And what they were saying this time was, in essence, this is a test. You need to stay here tonight with us, and then you can go home. And I'm, you know, I, I and it, it, like again, these were not words. This this was not language being transmitted to me. This was information that I could, I was able to translate. Like I, I'm so fully aware of what they are saying, but at the same time, it's not through the usual channels of communication. You know, so like again, it's it, like the psychedelic experience. Like there's there's no. There's no way of translating that with language, unfortunately. Um, I, all I can say is that I received a message from something. And whether that's my subconscious, whether that's a fucking Bigfoot, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the, 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 in essence, the message was, this is a trial of some kind. This is a test of some kind. It's like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know. I don't like, I, again, like, I don't have any reference point for any of this shit. So... At this point, I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Just fucking leave me alone, please. Like, I, I, this, is the, this is also the point where I started to try and, uh, like, speak back to it, like, through my own thoughts. Because, again, I had that scenario where they whooped right after I had that thought of, thank God I never heard that whoop again. Um, so I had time to kind of think about this, you know. So I start to think back, like, uh, um, something like, you know, I'm so sorry, like, I, please leave me alone, like, I didn't mean to come here, or, like, I, I didn't mean to intrude, or, you know, something like, like, please don't kill me, is what I was effectively trying to communicate. And uh, whatever these things were, they started to, they started to walk around me again, and at this point, there were, I was hearing multiple instances of footsteps, or multiple points of uh, things moving around me. And again, they, they all kept like a like an equidistant um, perimeter around me, which I find very weird. It was again probably around like fifty feet where I could hear footsteps like circling me. And it's at this point where I was also in the pitch black. My vision was starting to sort of I don't even know how to describe it, but like there were there were like these. I don't know if it was because of the sensory deprivation or it was because of whatever these things were. Um, I started to have these like weird uh, vision artifacts entering my my field of vision. I don't know, but it, it looked like like a shimmery spider web was being pulled away from my field of view, and then it sort of just like wispy like sort of floated away and like I don't know what the fuck that was <laughs> but I, I think it's kind of important to to mention because it was again so acute and so weird that maybe someone else has experienced that but 
Anyway, so I'm having these like impressions washed over me again. I'm seeing these weird like patterns in my field of view. I think a couple hours, maybe not a couple hours, but like an hour passes. It's still pitch black. It's still, still in the middle of nowhere, still in my belly, still in the tent. And whatever these things were, they stopped at the, the point of where my head was at and the point where my foot was at. So they were equidistant on either side of me. And I should mention that the A-frame shelter that I constructed has both sides completely open. Okay, so it, again, it's like a triangular prism shape. So there's this big section on both sides of my, both my feet and my head that are completely open to the woods. But pitch black, so I can't see shit. And these two entities stop at those points, my feet and my head, and they start to talk. And they start to talk in a jabbering, like literally a fucking caveman speak. It's like, I, I can't even, I can't even mimic it. Like, I don't even want to try because it's just, it was so, so, so fucking like horrifying. Like there was like that, it's not, not as if like I was still kind of in denial about the fact that this was happening, but the, when they started to talk, that was when it was, it kind of became, became a little bit more real, if that makes sense. Not that it was ever not fully fucking real before, but like these things were fucking talking to me, like auditorily, like not, not telepathically this time, but they were, oh, man, it's like, we mentioned the Sierra sounds. Uh, there, there are parts of that audio that sounds similar to what I was hearing, like the jabbery thing, but it didn't, it wasn't quite like that. When, when I got back and I listened to that for the first time, I was, I, I fucking freaked out because I was like, oh my God, like this is a real thing. <laughs> like, or at least like, you know, there, there have been other instances of this happening to people, but the words that I would use to describe it would be like jabbering cavemen and then like they would start to mumble. And then like I could tell that they were trying to keep their voice low too. Like they were, I don't think they were trying to talk to me or like who knows what the fuck they, they were doing, but my impression at the time was like they were talking over me to themselves, okay? Um, again, like, it's been three years, almost three years. It's been two and a half, really. But um, I had very bad PTSD from this. This was, this was not fun for me. And I think, like, what's also difficult with me telling the story is like, oh, you saw Bigfoot? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I fucking did. And it fucking f- fucked me up for a long time. Like, I couldn't sleep at night for... Months. I literally had to stay up until 5 a.m. until it got day, uh, light out for me to fall asleep, and that fucked with me so bad. Um, but yeah, so as it's raining, there's some time that passes, and I'm just left to stew with my thoughts of like, am I am I going crazy? Am I am I hearing things? Am I like again? I'm just asking myself like, what is what is going on? What is happening to me? As these two things were jabbering over me, I don't know how this happened. I don't remember 
anything past this point, but I, somehow I lost consciousness. That's the last thing I remember. It's just these two things speaking over me. I don't know how I fell asleep. I don't know what happened after that, but that's, thinking back, that's something that, it's not concerning to me, but it's something that definitely freaks me out a little bit thinking about it. Because um, there is a period of time where I just don't, I don't know what happened. So yeah, so I wake up at six in the morning, probably. It's just starting to get light out. Uh, I'm waiting in my tent for a little bit just so that the light levels are up enough that I can effectively and safely remove myself from this area, you know, because th there are a lot of rocks and, and uh, roots that I don't want to trip on. I want to see where I'm running away from. Uh, and I start to hear these, and, I, and see these pebbles hit the side of my tent. And it's like the, just these whaps, like, psh, psh. and it's like, it, I don't think these were acorns. I don't think these were like anything else other than somebody or something throwing stones at me, like either to wake me up, to tell me to leave or just to fuck with me. I don't know. But it happened like three or four times where I, I'm just like, there's this little whap and I, I look over to the side of my tent and I'm thinking like, wait, what the fuck was that? Was this? Somebody just throw a rock at my tent and it happens again. And it's like, oh shit, like I saw that. Like I see the little um, indentation on the tarp and it, it's like very clearly it had enough force behind it that I definitely was not falling from anywhere. It's definitely thrown. Okay, so um, it gets light enough out. It's probably around 6.30 in the morning. Uh, I grab my shit and just effectively sprint all the way back to my car. As I'm running back, I'm noticing like and this could definitely be because of my heightened like awareness at the time. Like I don't know. I think that's definitely possible. But I was hearing um, trees like breaking and crashing behind me as I'm running back down the trail. It's bizarre. I also noticed that um, not immediately after I woke up, but pretty soon after. I'd say probably 15 minutes after I woke up, as I'm waiting for it to get light, lighter for me to like find my way back, um, I heard something that sounded like an explosion in a, inside of a tree, like literally, and this definitely, again, could have been my awareness being distorted by the adrenaline, perceiving this as something more intense than it actually was, but it literally did sound like uh, someone had placed like a um, explosive or like a pressurized container inside of a tree and detonated it. It was bizarre. I drive out. I get home, I pass out in my bed. It's probably, you know, nine in the morning. Uh, I sleep for, I don't know, I, I just, I fall asleep instantly. I'm so, I'm so exhausted. My heart, my heart had been racing for such an extended period of time, it hurts. Like my chest, like hurt really bad. And I have this dream and I, it, it, it's not, not really like a lucid dream or like a waking dream, but it was, it was, kind of like that, uh, very weird, where, but, but still a dream, I should say, uh, where I see this face, and it's like made of smoke, and it's like gray, and it's like coming towards me, and as it comes towards me, I can see like the features, it's like becoming more clear, like the details are becoming more apparent, and it looks like, um, like an Egyptian pharaoh, almost, but it, it, it looks like a fucking alien, like a gray alien, but not like the classic not like the classic gray where it's kind of formless 
you know, it's like very, very clear shapes. This one was more obtuse and like more human looking, but it still had like the big eyes and like the, the pale skin and like very, it was like made of smoke for some reason, but it came towards me. And then I wake up as soon as it becomes like right in front of me. And I, I as I'm waking up, I, I start to realize like, or not realize, but just sort of come to terms with the fact that, yeah, what, what happened happened and I, I don't know where to go from there. So after waking up, um, I start doing research because I want to find out what the fuck happened to me, obviously. And I get on my computer, I come upstairs, I'm in the living room, and I'm like scrolling through. I'm, I'm basically in a, in a state of denial still at this point. Um, I am like scrolling through like deer sounds, I'm scrolling through boar sounds, like I'm like uh, lion, uh, mount, mountain lion sounds, uh, anything, anything that could like have some sort of prosaic explanation for what I was hearing. Uh, so, so that I could just say to myself, like, you were just having a panic attack or like, some, you know, some fucking weird uh, psychotic episode or something. Um, and then, I, like, after scrolling through everything that I could possibly think of that could live in Uwari, I, you know, I kind of arrived at the conclusion that, or not the conclusion, but I, I arrived at the thought of like, okay, so it sounded like a monkey. What makes sounds like a monkey in the woods of North Carolina. And I look up like, hmm, is Uwari known for Bigfoot sightings? And turns out, yes, they fucking are. And I just, and that's, that. I'm getting goosebumps right now because I remember this point like so acutely too. Like I have this moment of realiz realization. It's like, wait, Bigfoot's fucking real? Like what? <laughs> what? That's, that can't be possible. That's not possible. Like I, that, that, no, like, no, no, thank you. Like Bigfoot's not real. Like, no. Um, uh, yeah, and I just have like, these couple moments of just like staring at my screen of like, Ubari's known for Bigfoot sightings? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the fuck? And I start like looking up Bigfoot shit, which I, you know, that's its whole whole own fucked up thing. Like, I, I kind of hate uh, Bigfoot people, honestly, or some some Bigfoot people. There there are some people that look at this shit in a very good way. And then there's some people that look at Bigfoot in a incredibly stupid way. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I start looking up like, um, I, I think I Google like most credible Bigfoot audio or something like that. And I find the Sierra sounds and I play it. And it is a 100% match for what I heard. Like the whooping at least, like the whoop. That's, it's exactly what I heard. Like so close to it. Um, Obviously, there would be differences based on like whether, or, you know, it's probably a different animal or whatever, or a different individual or whatever. But um, like the cadence is accurate, the the um, the tone, the it just sounds the same. Yeah, and I, I just I play that for my roommate, and he's like, "Okay, like, are you okay?" And um, I tell him what happens, and you know, he he's thankfully he was. Um, he knows me and he's he knows that I don't make shit up like this. I think I told him because I knew I knew like I, like coming back I knew like people are not going to believe me. This is so out out of the realm of anything that I've ever experienced that like I know that nobody's going to fucking believe me. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's still happened. It still affected me very severely and I need some way of processing it. So I ended up telling him, I think he came home around like probably noonish. I'm thinking, you know, I'm in the living room, like scrolling through Bigfoot sounds or whatever. And, uh, I, I'm like visibly shaken. Like I'm, I don't know what he told you when you guys talked, but, um, yeah, I mean, he could tell like something happened to me for sure. And I think I tell him, like, hey, man, something really weird happened to me last night. Because <laughs> I told him, like, I was going to be out there for a couple days. Or I was planning on staying out there for, like, a day or two. So he was not expecting me to be home right away. And uh, somehow somehow Bigfoot is broached to him. I don't exactly know. I don't remember how or, like, the sequence of events after that. But um, I remember that night I play him the Sierra sounds and he's like okay man like whatever you say like I I guess I believe you but like that's really fucking weird um and yeah I mean some time passes and like I'm uh, you know I, I can't sleep I can't I'm fucked up by it like uh, like I said my chest has been hurting for for days or my chest hurt for days afterwards because my heart had been racing for so long my, my adrenals been completely shot um, and yeah, I mean, there's, uh, he could tell that there's a very clear event that happened, you know, um, some, something fucked me up really bad. So another weird thing that would start to happen after I got back was owls would start to show up in my front yard a lot. Like, there's this big, big oak tree, like, 50, yeah, 50 feet away from my front window, basically. I live in, uh, I live near the woods, kind of, but, uh, yeah, they would just, like, swoop in and perch on this branch that was, like, right in front of my window, and they would hoot, like, super loud. They would, like, swoop in at night and then, like, hang out and then hoot at me, and then I'd go outside and look up at them, and there was this, there was this hint of, like, something weird is happening here, but there was, you know, literally an owl there. And I don't think an owl is anything weird necessarily, but it would just happen so frequently. And also at very specific times as well. Like, I don't think that owls were in my neighborhood before this. That's the weird thing. Like, I'm sure they were, but I just never noticed it until after this happened. So there's this period of time where I was kind of upset with people for not taking this seriously, which I think is, if you understand that I actually went through this and that this actually happened, I think you can understand that this is reasonable for me, at least. Like, maybe maybe not reasonable for someone else, the person that I'm telling the story to, but for me personally, like, I was very insistent that people understand that this was not a dream, this was not a hallucination, this was something, this was a material event, and that I'm not fucking making this up. And that other people have seen and heard and experienced things like this in not only the the same woods, but the exact same fucking campground too. There were certain times where I would tell people, or they would hear about it from Julian or someone else that had heard me tell it, where it would come up in conversation. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, it fucking happened. And I would tell them what happened and they would be like, eh, fuck you. Like, no, you're, Bigfoot's not real. And I'm like, I know it's absurd. I know it's kind of goofy and stupid, but like, I, I think it's real. I don't know what else to tell you, man. And 
the unfortunate thing is like some people would get like angry at that, which I I kind of don't understand. Like I, perhaps it's uh perhaps it's like a a fear thing, like accepting that Bigfoot is real is kind of scary. But I think it's also like there's this thing where people don't want to have their perception of reality shifted in any in any way, which I think is unfortunate, but I've experienced that uh a lot honestly when when telling this. So um I think a couple months pass and I think just the curiosity got the better of me. So we decided to go back and that was not without fear in my mind. I was still terrified, but I thought it would be helpful for Julian and our friend Steven to uh, experience this with me. And I think that, or I thought that going back with other people would definitely abate the, um, the fear response that if they did show up, which they did, uh, would happen. So, and it turned out to be like a very strangely pleasant experience, <laughs> strangely enough, but, uh, yeah, that was that was mostly the the main reason for me wanting to go back was just I was just very too curious to let this go. I need I kind of needed to close that loop. Thank you Alex for telling us that story. Folks, there have only been a few times this has happened, but occasionally while doing an interview the story will be so strange that my head actually starts to hurt as I'm listening to it. It almost feels like my brain is like shutting down to protect itself from something that's just so out there that I could hardly even comprehend it. And that was happening when I talked to this guy. I actually had to interview him twice about this same story because it was so much to take in. And what you were just listening to was the second interview that I did with him. In that first interview, there were so many times I stopped and politely asked this guy if he's certain that he wasn't experiencing a psychotic break and if he had any history with mental illness. And he insists this is not the case. And his friends have confirmed this for me as well. In fact, he's seen psychiatrists only after going through this specific experience because it was so traumatizing for him. And they've said that nothing's wrong with him. But he's also pointed out how difficult it is going and seeking mental health treatment for something like this when you know that nobody's gonna believe you. This is such an unusual story, but I see a lot of parallels between what happened to Alex and certain things that have happened to other people I've interviewed. And it really starts to open up a lot of questions and possibilities about what Bigfoot may or may not be if it exists at all. Next week, in part two, Alex goes back into the woods. I talked to his roommate, Julian, who was there when he got home and went back out with him in the woods a second time to see for himself. This has been episode 33, The URI's part one, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. The theme song is by Coberman. The soundtrack of this episode is by North Americans. The Sierra Sounds was recorded by Ron Moorhead and Al Barry. Editing and engineering.